Welcome to the Dharma Spring. So, another selection from the list of suggested topics. This time, acceptance and activism. Um, and what's interesting, to, you know, I look at the list of things and the person who suggested it may have their own particular reason of bringing it up and their particular... This is what I'd like you to talk about specifically, but I don't ask about that. Because just offering those words gives me the opportunity to go, hmm, so what happens for me? What do I encounter when I hear those two together? And that's also the opportunity for you. I just said acceptance and activism. What comes up for you as those two, as a coming together... Why talk about those two? Um, so notice that for yourself. What comes up for me based on my response? I notice my response is based upon conversations with others and things that are in the field of the world in general. What people bring up is that seemingly those two may be in contradiction. Yeah accept things and then be an activist to do something to make things different. Yeah? I propose and I say and maybe I declare that they're actually uh, intimately woven and they need one another. Without both of them, it's incomplete. You want to spread open and be able to, are you good there? Okay. <laughs> um, it's like the crowd. The crowd wants otherwise. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I think these two, activism and acceptance, acceptance and activism, are partners, and they need each other. And I'd further say, before you can have true activism, there needs to be acceptance. And so hopefully that's going, huh, <laughs> for people. What, what do you mean? That, that's what I'll unpack. Um, and I'm really just going to be focusing mainly on the acceptance side of things, I notice. That's what's up for me is to explore that territory because that seems to be the issue, this acceptance thing, yeah. And the way I hear it put out there in the world in general is this is just the way things are. So accept it. <laughs> or just accept that this is the way things are, right? Which kind of has this connotation of stop resisting it, get with the program, this is the way things are, go with it, yeah. I would like to take out the word just. When you get that out of the way, it's like this is the way things are, yeah. No qualification that just qualifies a lot. It carries a weight when you say just accept it. It's just the way things are. But take the just out. It's, this is the way things are. So the invitation there is to accept the way things are in this moment. Because if, if we don't accept it, it is the way it is now, when we move forward into what's to come and we help to co-create that it's incomplete because we're holding on to something that's not 
truly rooted in the way things are. Yeah. So this acceptance is just acknowledging that whatever it is in front of me, or within me, around me, it is. It is here. It is now. And though pathways could have gone differently, and things could have decisions could have made been made at other times, and it could have turned out differently, it didn't. This is what happened as a result of the other things that happened. On a very practical level, it's scientific and mathematic. <laughs> when you add all the ingredients up before this moment, you put them together, they equal this moment. And then to acknowledge that fully allows me and us to move forward in a different way. Um, but I also would emphasize that the way things are is only up to this very moment. It's not this is the way things are and it going, it's going to reverberate like this forever. It's like, no, this is the way things are right now. What happens next is not determined. It's undecided. It's ours to add more ingredients to the formula, to the recipe, to then make it different than this, to activate it, to move beyond, to create something new. Um, and if my energy is not split because I'm having difficulty being with and accepting in this sense the way things are at this moment if my energy is split then my moving forward from this place is split and that's going to create a new way things are but it's going to be different and maybe I can do that more cleanly and more effectively more solidly if my energy isn't split yeah Um, so I mean there's a few I noticed the acceptance as opposed to and a, a few things coming up in my mind when I thought about that um, so acceptance as opposed to resistance and resistance to the way things are yeah and that resistance is a form of to, to go into Buddhist terms it's a form of attachment an attachment of, of, you know, there's two forms of attachment. Uh, a lighter, positive side and the darker, negative side. So attraction is one form of attachment. When we're attached to things because we're attracted to them. Our other way of being attached to them is through aversion. We don't like them, so therefore we're resisting them. But that's how we're attached to them, through that resistance. And so acceptance is in opposition to resistance. And it's cutting through that attachment to my story and how things should have been and what they're supposed to be, which is a resisting what's actually happening, what's actually here. Yeah. Related to that, acceptance as opposed to denial. <laughs> um, that's when those stories about should have been are, are much more stronger. When I'm thinking about what could have happened, had those other choices been made? If so-and-so had done, maybe the so-and-so is me, but usually not. <laughs> Often not. If so-and-so had done, or yeah, if I had done, and I'm kind of wallowing in that other place, which is denying the reality of this is what it's come to at this moment. Yeah. Hmm. So, acceptance as opposed to those things is landing fully 
right here. Um, I think there's also, you know, acceptance as opposed to, it's not really as opposed to, but maybe acceptance without justification, without making it okay, without reasoning why, you know, beyond the mathematical, the formula of this plus this plus this equals this, that's it. Don't add and that means, but it's okay that, you know, all the things we do to justify it, that's to soften the blow sometimes, so we don't have to deal with the reality if it's a harsh reality. We want to soften that blow with those justifications. So this acceptance in, in opposition or without making that move, it's about landing fully and harshly, maybe, and being met by things and being moved by them and then doing something about them. Yeah? That's to activate. To be an activist is if what's in front of you, what you are landing with and accepting as in its isness, if it pleases you, then what steps are you going to take to nourish and encourage and help it grow and flourish? And if what is right here in front of you, within you, you know, globally, personally, wherever it is, isn't pleasing, if it's difficult, if it's harsh, if it causes pain to you and others, what are you going to do to change that? To alleviate the pain, to make it better for yourself, for others? How are you going to change it? But if you meet it fully in this moment, as I'm proposing, I think you'll have a better shot of giving yourself fully to it and helping co-create the next thing. And you don't have control over where it goes completely, yeah? So that's another attachment to release of, I'm doing this so that it gets to this point here. Sometimes I can get fixated on getting there and use that as my measuring point then I get frustrated because it seems to be going in other directions. And that's because there's so much more going on. But if I can even let go of, you know, have that destination, that idea as a motivation for me, but also let go of we have to get to that point, then I can better offer myself to this and realize it's not always up to me how it goes, but I have a part to play and influence. So we together are creating this, yeah, that co-creation. Whether it's we together as people or we together with the way of things in the world or the we together of the many me's that I have inside that sometimes battle and want to one win out over the other or this tribe and that tribe, you know, my inner tribes. If they can get along and co-create me, <laughs> work on the field cooperatively, without trying to get me to be a particular me, but to realize that dynamic of me fluctuating, bouncing around back and forth, is the expression of me being co-created again and again, over and over and over. Yeah. <laughs> um. There was another resistance to the... Uh, to the accepting the way things are, again, just by fact. No qualification, no justification. Um, it has to do with that splitting that we, we divide things up. Usually the camps we divide it up is, into is us and them, yeah? <laughs> and this is particularly prevalent, I think, in the political realm. 
well, they voted this way, so now we have to deal with this, but it's their fault. Yeah? It's us and them that we do. And that's a way of, I didn't create this. I didn't make this result. They did. Well, that's interesting, right? Because they can only exist if we exist, so we're connected. The we and the they, they co-create one another. So then when you let go of that harsh division, it's us. This is what, through whatever's happened in the past decades, in our culture, in our times, and the values that were upheld, and the ones that were, you know, however you want to, you know, you can look at all those variables in our culture. We all had a hand in creating the current situation. And if we're saying it's the, them who created it, and we have to fight against them to get it to go the other way, well, that's a way of engaging. And I'm not suggesting join the other side. <laughs> I'm suggesting go to that deeper level to, re- to the place where, well, we and they are one, because this is a, it's an us situation with different facets that aren't actually disconnected and opposite of each other at the base. They're just different facets, different factions of the same global tribe, <laughs> unified tribe. But because of the pain we may feel of the current situation, we want to divide it and cut that off and make it somebody else's fault. Yeah. Now, speaking of the political realm, but it's also the personal realm, we can do that. You know, because of the way I was raised, I have great values. I got to play in the dirt. I got to do this. And kids these days with their screens and all that. Like, well, whether they're your kids or your grandkids, they're part of you. And they didn't, I mean, this, it's funny to me when, I've maybe brought this up before here, I'm not sure, but when people talk about millennials specifically, they speak as if all of a sudden they just appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> like there was this vacuum and all of a sudden this whole generation appeared that wasn't raised by us. They didn't arise in response to the way we used to live. It's like, they're us. <laughs> yeah. And again, within ourselves, we have that. So I was still out there, but you know, because I value this and because I didn't get that, you know, all those things we say about ourselves individually, that might be that justification about the way I am that doesn't let me fully rest in the place of being what I am and who I am. But when I can look at those things without saying, without it justifying, but just noticing, ah, yeah, I have that tendency because of, and just acknowledge it. So I think that's the word I would use since acceptance can be such a trigger word because of the connotation. You can transform it to just acknowledge acknowledge that this is the way it is at this moment right here hmm and then again we get to move forward from there but I'm thinking about interpersonal like an exchange with somebody you ever feel like you're saying something and the person's like reflecting it back to you but they don't quite get it right they're not quite hearing you and they want to move forward. But you're like, no, no, you're not quite hearing me. So you say it again. And you keep going back and forth until they hear you. Until they acknowledge you. 
that's what that move is with the, with reality is it's telling you this is the way I am and okay but no nah, then it's going to keep saying no this is this is me and it's inviting you to acknowledge it to meet it because in that interpersonal exchange I know the feeling of ah now that I've been seen we can move we can go from here but it can't happen until I really feel seen and acknowledged and um, validated maybe that's all reality is asking validate us it I don't know us it reality validate me the isness of things yeah um So another way, a different way of saying this is actually something that came to mind a few years ago, a couple of years ago. Um, and I wondered, I, I, was, I was excited about it for a little while, maybe mentioned it to people, then it faded away. Back then I thought, maybe I'll give a talk about this someday. But it faded away until this last week. It's like, oh, good, I can say this now. <laughs> so here's um, maybe a summary of what I, what I mean. The, the energy and the intent of what I'm saying is um, I think it's still a popular uh, notion and encouragement within our culture I haven't heard it used this way a lot but a, a couple of years ago a few years ago this idea of um, radical inclusivity do you remember hearing that? people noticing those divisions that we make and the kicking out of others and the tribalness of things advocating for radical inclusivity which is acknowledging we're all in this together include the other not as the other but as part of us and there was an implied um, we're all in this together so deal with it accept it <laughs> and that's what I noticed people rankling up against like oh I have to acknowledge that they're here and just allow them to say the things they say and view the way the things they do and allow them their autonomy and not do anything about it I have to allow that to happen it's like no 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 the first step is radical inclusivity which is acceptance and acknowledgement that this is we're all here you and me and us here together so the other part of the equation that I, that came to me that I would add in is fierce acceptance. So radical inclusivity and fierce acceptance. As opposed to the passive acceptance that we might connotate with the word, which seems like eyes closed. Okay, you're here, I'm just going to deal with it. Fierce acceptance is eyes wide open and maybe even ablaze. Looking and noticing those who we radically include, how are they? What do they do? And when it does, when it's something that's hurtful, call them out on their shit. We are together, and what you're doing affects, affects the fabric of us. So I'm going to call you out. That's the radical, I mean, the fierce acceptance is you're here, and we're in this together, and I care about it. So I'm not going to stand for that. Or, maybe not as fierce as that, that really hurts. What can we do together? So we both can move in a way that's acceptable and helpful and maybe more nourishing or whatever it is. So that's kind of 
my response to acceptance and activism is radical inclusivity and fierce acceptance. Those eyes, again, ablaze and open. Especially, I think, in this realm, this inner realm. Mm -hmm. Those parts of myself, again, that I may want to send into exile or the ones that disappear and I think I get over, then they show back up. You know, after months or years, like, oh, you're still here? <laughs> I want to close my eyes to it and just, okay, go away, go away, you'll find your way, you know, gone. What if I radically include it and then fiercely accept it, look at it deeply, and collaborate, co-create, allow that it is part of the tribe of me and all the little factions within myself, yeah. And that's really, it demands, it calls forth all the tribes, all those, to come forth and let's really grab into this way of being together and figure it out together. With all the difficulties that come with that, and the joys, and the grand monotonies of nothing seems to be happening. (laughs) Yeah, all of that. So, to give a, a real-world example, and a quite a trivial one, <laughs> from this morning. Um, this came to me in my meditation, I almost burst out laughing. I should have. I wish I'd had. But, um, I was uh, looking at Facebook. <laughs> and... During our meditation? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, live streaming it. No, no, no. Earlier this morning, looking at Facebook. <laughs> um, and there's a particular friend who's kind of is a thorn. That's kind of this person's nature, kind of a caustic, but like maybe pleasantly caustic. <laughs> But just like anybody, I mean, there's people who will share things that I enjoy and agree with. Those who share many things, or many of those who share things, I'm like, eh. Then those who share things make me go, oh, ugh. And she's of that ladder. Oh, ugh. But, okay, that's what she's sharing. So today, she shared a meme, a picture, that was two, two portions. The top half had a picture of Michelle Obama's face and a quote of something she said back in 2011. And the bottom half was a picture of the, their house, their current house, something that just happened recently, eight years later. Yeah? So eight years after Michelle Obama said something and several years after they're no longer the, the family of the... What's it? The first family, thank you. Here's this person posting this again. I mean, posting this, but in between, it's again. And so, I saw it, and I was like, oh. first I looked up and said, is this true? I'm one of those fact, fact checkers. I said, somebody, is this just one of those faults, like a picture of a house from somewhere else that somebody's just using as a story? So I looked up and said, okay, seems to be true. And didn't really see the problem. I could see the, the person's point of sharing it. And the impulse I had, my snarky impulse, uh, which I did not act upon, but there's still possibilities. Uh, I thought I might reply with a picture of a bridge. 
to help her get over it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that, that's why I almost burst. I thought that would have been funny. I just noticed early in the day, I was like, I just want to send her a picture of the bridge. It was in meditation. I thought, oh, so she can get over it. That's funny. <laughs> but that wouldn't have helped the situation. That would have just, well, I could have been unfriended if, if that person felt that way. And I don't know if I would mind. You know, that pleasant causticness. <laughs> um, but it's like, that wouldn't really help. It'd feel good in the moment. And be like, ha ha. And I'd have kind of this nervousness of, oh, what's going to happen? It'd be kind of exciting. And again, who knows? It still could happen. Um, but instead, I was like, I don't need to do that. I notice I'm uncomfortable by what was shared. And she's uncomfortable because of something, so she's sharing this. And I decided not to do anything about that. And I know, and I didn't unfriend her either. So I want to be open to those things coming my way that I don't, that I don't like and I don't agree with. Sometimes just for the entertainment value. <laughs> but because it's good for me. If I only connect with what agrees with me, with my tribe and the things that reflect me back to me more in my own way, then I'm not growing and I'm not learning and things aren't moving forward. And if I don't close myself off to that stuff that I don't agree with, then I can maybe gain some understanding of that place where I might be motivated someday to share a very similar picture but coming from my perspective because of whatever it is I'm not getting over. Then I can realize, oh, we both have this bridge to cross. And maybe we can build it together and cross it together. Or maybe we'll find out when we meet in that way, wherever it is and whomever it's with, just that meeting becomes the building of the bridge and the crossing of it in and of itself. Nowhere to go. Nowhere to go but here, right here making our way along like that, yeah. Thank you for listening. For more about Andrew Palmer and his teachings, please visit bowandroar.com and look for him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.